This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 249, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler here with Mi'kmaq Matters correspondent, Greg Jaynes. This week, we have an interview with Candace Simon, chair of the board of directors of the rebranded Mi'kmaq Cultural Foundation, formerly the Halibut Cultural Foundation. Listeners will know that Halibut has ordered the foundation out of the Halibut name and ended a decades-long relationship with the Cultural Foundation. Greg is this the latest example of Halibu not working well with others? Uh, yes, Glenn. Uh, that looks uh, what it looks like here. And it also looks like uh, Halibu doesn't want to have any involvement in providing culture programs to anyone without a status card in their wallet, unfortunately. More on that later in the program. But first, an update on a story we brought to you on the last episode. We heard that Halibu is missing in action at the Marathon Gold Mine, where construction has started at the Valentine Lake Gold Mine, just as the crucial calving season for a caribou begins. Despite promises they made when they entered into a deal with Marathon to safeguard the environment and wildlife, Halibu has no one on the ground at Valentine Lake and doesn't plan to have anyone in the near future. So much for Halibu. But neither is the Provincial Wildlife Division anywhere in sight. That's the government of Newfoundland and Labrador. Mi'kmaq Matters reached out to the Wildlife Division and to Marathon Gould. This is what the Wildlife Division told us. Wildlife Division staff are not on site on a regular basis, but have been conducting monitoring activities in the area throughout the fall and winter. Staff are also supporting the proponent in collaring and monitoring animals, and both can track collared animals at any time and regularly examine caribou locations. That from the Wildlife Division. By the way, the collars on caribou allow wildlife personnel to monitor caribou movements in the area. But this is far below the best practices recommended by experts for protecting caribou at mines and other development sites. Collars and cameras malfunction and don't capture all the data. Boots on the ground are crucial. It's hardly encouraging as we approach the crucial calving season for caribou. Listeners will recall that Mi'kmaq Matters participated in the environmental assessment review of the Valentine Lake Gold Mine. Our experts, Brian McLaren and Richard Wong, said that there has to be a total shutdown just before and just after calving season. That period would take in from mid-May to late July. Unfortunately, the final guidelines for the Valentine Lake Mine were watered down from what many people wanted to see. Now we have to wait to see whether there'll be any kind of shutdown as recommended by caribou experts for migration times. 
Will there be a shutdown? Who will decide the time period? Who will enforce it? Many questions, few answers. Greg, it looks like we can't count on either Halibut or Wildlife Division to look out for the caribou. So I guess concerned individuals like us will have to keep on top of the situation. Halibut seems to have forgotten its name after the caribou. Halibut is the Mi'kmaq word for caribou. You wouldn't know it from the way that the band is dealing with with Valentine Lake, or in this case, not dealing with it. Very ironic that uh, Halibut is named after the caribou. In other news, the organization we used to know as the Halibut Cultural Foundation, founded a decade ago by chief and council of the Halibut Band, and for 10 years preserved and promoted Mi'kmaq culture in the province. But in the last year or two, the relationship ran into trouble, and now there has been a divorce. It was Halibut Council that called it quits via a lawyer's letter to the Cultural Foundation, stating in part, recent changes at your organization have removed any oversight or governance by my client. This is the lawyer writing. He says, in particular, Halibut First Nation Council representatives do not participate on the board of your organization. So, Greg, that's what the uh, that's what the lawyer said. Yeah, Halibut Chief uh, Brendan Mitchell has repeated these claims in the media, but are they accurate? This was my first question to Candace Simon, chair of the newly formed Mi'kmaq Culture Foundation. So, Greg, I guess first of all, I just want to start by saying that uh, we we never did want to, um, you know, have this uh, kind of this letter that was release come to a point where we're needing to kind of set, uh, set I guess, set the record straight and tell our story in, in a way that uh, we, you know, we need to get that out there now. But we have, I, I, we, I guess it's come to a point where we kind of need to, because I need to let everybody know that um, at no point did we ever um, refuse anybody from the Hollywood First Nation to sit on, on the board. That is quite the contrary. Um, I, I joined the board as chair of the foundation on Octo in October of 2020. And no time since my appointment to the board have we, as a board of directors, refused a QFN proposal or appointment to the board. In fact, Odell Pike served as, as a liaison on our board through the period of March 19th, 2019, to the date of, of the most recent band council election, which was October the 22nd, 2021, at which time, the, the Hollywood First Nation has not made any attempt to appoint a representative to our board. But on March the 19th, we did receive, that's March 19th, 2021, we did receive an email from Frank Skeard directly asking to join the board. At this time, our board didn't have any vacancies and Odell was still serving in her capacity of liaison at that time. So I did respond to Frank and told him that we were not in a position to accept any new directors as we needed to take the time to work on our new direction, our strategic plan, not, not any change in our mandate. Okay, thank you for that. Um, in a recent online news release to Halibut Web and Facebook page, they can be quoted as saying, in 2021, after years of working together on fundraising, hosting events and supporting Mi'kmaq culture together, to, Together, the foundation dismissed Halibut staff from their team, although actively recruiting individuals to fill vacancies on their board. They failed to accept Halibut Council's 
proposed representatives to their board table. Council became further concerned when the Culture Foundation changed their bylaws on three occasions to remove any governments or oversight by Halibut First Nation related to the operation of the Culture Foundation. It became clear that the foundation intended to move away without the Halibut ban when it, they sent a letter to the chief and council outlining their desire to separate from the First Nation and, and for the freedom to move forward with a pan-Indigenous approach not tied solely to supporting band members. How do you respond to this statement, Candace? Well, um, so Greg, our, the Hollywood Cultural Foundation, or the Mi'kmaq Cultural Foundation has never, we've never changed our bylaws to remove any governance or oversight by QFN related to the operation of the Cultural Foundation. In fact, um, our bylaws state the following. And anybody can request a copy of our bylaws at any time to, to see that this transparency. Um, at least one member of the foundation shall be an individual who is a current member of the band council of the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nation. And directors must also be members of the foundation. All the members of the foundation may serve as directors. At least one director of the foundation shall be the individual who is a member of the foundation and a current member of the band council of the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nation. That's word for word, right out of our bylaws as they are, as they stand today. Great, thank you. Um, so has the foundation tried to work things out with Halibu? And if so, why weren't you able to come to an agreement? So um, just to back up a little bit uh, around that, uh, I guess, first part of the question that you right. had asked, with respect, um, when you say it became clear that the foundation intended to move forward without the band, um, outlining their desire to separate from the First Nation and with respect to the pan-Indigenous approach. Um, so just with respect to the pan-Indigenous approach not tied solely to supporting band members, I believe they're referring to the Four Seasons, Four Gatherings project that we've been working on for the last couple of years. This initiative is one that we sought complete partnership with from the band and was initiated by the Cultural Foundation. From the early stages, we agreed that the initiative would be a land-based one and represent one, uh, uh, one gathering each quarter to follow the seasons and the medicine wheel. It was our thought at the time that we should partner with as many groups as possible and open the idea up to learning from all of the Indigenous groups of the province, similar to what the organization Empowering Indigenous Women has been able to do. Working together, learning from one another, and promoting our common values and traditions based on land-based teachings was what we intended to focus on. When the idea was initially presented to chief and executive, they reacted favorably, but somewhere along the line, they decided they did not wanna work with the other groups of the province because they have a mandate to the card carrying members of the province only. We decided to proceed as we believe that by working in collaboration with other groups, we are not changing our mandate, but we're in fact strengthening it. The opportunity for Mi'kmaq youth to learn not only their own teachings and have other youth join them on their traditional territory while learning from elders and knowledge keepers is an experience that we need to further develop among Indigenous youth in our province. The idea is that 40 youth will be selected to follow through on a one-year project where they will gather four times, twice in Newfoundland and twice in Labrador, learn traditional teachings, return to their home communities, and develop their own workshops to, to deliver to youth in their communities to share the knowledge that they have acquired. So this type of exchange is nation building and helps our Mi'kmaq youth strengthen ties in their own communities, increase their knowledge of their own culture and traditions, 
but also learn from others and develop trust and understanding of the other indigenous groups and the things we all have in common. You know, you know the, that strength in numbers approach. I believe that the Hollywood First Nation is referring to this concept when they mentioned that we have changed our mandate, but as you can see, that this is not the case. Has the foundation tried to work things out with Halibu? And um, if, if so, uh, why weren't you be able to come to an agreement? So we have actually, we, we've been trying that desperately. So our intentions with respect to the cultural foundation has always been to serve the Mi'kmaq communities in the province with the best interests of the Mi'kmaq people at heart. In order to do this, we believe that we need to respond to the needs of everyone, not just the status card carrying membership, but open our programs and services up to the non-status membership, the ones that were denied and those that had their status revoked. We believe that cultural identity doesn't have to do with the status card. It's more about believing in who you are and having the right to be a part of your culture without worrying about the government telling you who you are. It is a well-known fact that the Mi'kmaq people in the province place a high value on learning their culture and traditions. And as the cultural foundation, we are in a position to be able to support that, work together with all of our like-minded partners, like the Hollywood First Nation, our local bands, the women's groups, and the friendship centers, everyone, to help people be a part and feel a sense of purpose and pride in their identity without the politics of a, of a status card. We understand the band's obligation to its membership only, and therefore we are in the perfect position to support the band and its commitment to the Mi'kmaq people in our communities that were denied or have their status revoked. By collaborating with QFN, we can help the band achieve its mandate to support cultural programming. In response to wanting to separate, we never wanted to fully separate from the band. We just recognized that we were in a place where we had the potential to grow and the band had been supporting us to a point where they had full control over our finances, the bank account, and had a staff person supporting us half time. Don't get me wrong, that was awesome in the time that we needed it. We appreciated everything that the band did for us and it got, our, got us on the ground and got us established. We would never have been gotten to where we were without the support from the band. But we recognize that if we were going to be able to grow the organization, we would need to have that independence and to grow to carry out these functions on our own, which was the intent of the, the Hollywood Cultural Foundation and the Hollywood First Nation when they established the Cultural Foundation. That was the in original intent. Um, you know, without making the steps that we did, we would never be in a position to be able to do the things that we are doing now, like have a full-time executive director who's writing proposals and maintaining our day-to-day -day operations. That part-time position that we had for quite some time was no longer adequate to meet our needs. So therefore we saw an opportunity for growth, approach the band to try to explain it exactly this way. But unfortunately, I think that's where things started to break down between us. Um, I can honestly say that we have made repeated attempts since that time to try to clarify the meaning of the letter and request for independence and have been desperately trying to work together to create an MOU with the band that would see both parties working together and supporting each other towards our common goals. The demand for cultural programs and activities is so high in our communities that there's no way one organization can do it solely on their own. Uh, now it's uh, time to rebrand the uh, Culture Foundation. You came up with a new name called the, the uh, Mi'kmaq Culture Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, what impact will that have on your, on your identity change? The impact, Greg, on the, on the Cultural Foundation and changing our identity, it means, as you know, uh, most people would recognize that's a lot of work. 
and a lot of money to consider the cost of rebranding, changing our documents uh, with the government, informing the public as well as our funders that we've made this change and having to take this type of public ridicule because we, we're going through that right now. Um, but instead of looking at it, I guess, in that way that it's a lot of work and it's a lot of negativity, we're looking at it as a chance to kind of market ourselves further, to tell our story, to invite partnerships and collaborative working relationships, and to remind the Mi'kmaq people in our communities that the Mi'kmaq Cultural Foundation is a safe place for them to come, learn, experience their culture, and feel that sense of purpose and belonging. We will move forward in a good way, do what we've always set out to do and continue to fulfill our mandate as an independent cultural organization, supporting our communities and working with like-minded organizations in the best interest of the communities and the Mi'kmaq people that we serve and represent. In closing, I just, I just wanna say that I'm glad we had the opportunity to have this chat and for us to just kind of clear up anything that, any doubts I guess that people had around some of the information that's been released uh, as of recent, I, I don't wish anybody any any anything bad. I, I want to continue to go move forward in a good direction and hopefully be able to have a good working relationship with the band as well. You know, with our new rebrand, you know, maybe that will open doors for us to work together in the future as well. That was Candace Simon, chair of the Mi'kmaq Cultural Foundation. And that's it for the program. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in Mi'kmaq news and views. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Hilary McGinnis is our researcher. For Greg James, this is Glenn Wheeler saying, Emson Ogamon.